The Trouble with Transformation, a serialized podcast by Alison Whip. Chapter 36 Radical Potential. Daddy, Betty said, her voice growing more insistent. What are you doing? All the while we'd been cross examining Sean, I hadn't noticed Mr. J wasn't as engaged as the rest of us. But I gradually grew more aware of a persistent background noise a steady drumbeat. I looked up. Mr. J was pacing, or erratically striding to be more precise. The weight of his steel-capped boots hit the polished concrete floor with an attention-grabbing series of clumps. Betty and I were the first to notice, then one by one the rest of the group registered the noise, broke off from the conversation and fixed their eyes on him. Having finally caught our full attention, Mr. J didn't waste any time. Right, people, let's get on with it. I don't need to remind you we've got a little over 12 hours before we have to pack up this show and get it on the road. Having the T-pinch solves our size problem, but the system's going to fizzle if we don't configure it properly. He slapped the conduit overhead for emphasis, and it responded with a hollow clang. But Mr. B wasn't ready to hop on board just yet. I have a question he said, nodding at me and then Danny. What did you two mean by there being too much at stake, that you're too close now not to see it through? I turned and frowned at him. What do you mean? Had he lost his grip on reality? We'd been talking about it nonstop since he arrived. Keeping a wary eye on Sean, I leaned forward and hissed in Mr B's ear. The machine, of course. Terry's machine, you know. I bobbed my eyebrows up and down. The reason why you're here helping us tonight. Mr Bell's eyes widened as he looked from me to Danny and finally Mr J. He had that look on his face. That aha moment when all the pieces of a puzzle slotted together. Only he didn't look happy about it. He said a few choice words, swiftly and under his breath, but I caught their meaning well enough. We all did. No, absolutely not. Are you lot crazy? I gaped at him, glanced over to Danny, Betty and Mr J. They were equally speechless. But you said you knew why we were working on the machine. I thought I did. Mr Bell's face grew increasingly mottled. Danny and I exchanged a bewildered glance. Who knew Mr B had so much emotional range? I figured you were building the machine so you could feel closer to Terry. Testing it here, not in front of the entire world, but a televised science fair. I had no idea you were planning something so stupid. And you, Mr Bell, waggled an angry finger at Mr J. You should know better. These are just kids. You are a grown man. And a man of this industry, might I add. You ought to know what kind of dangers a machine like this could present if it were released to the public. He pointed overhead, and I saw what he saw. Not a magnificent machine, but a luridly lit, flashing, grotesque beast imposing itself on the world. Mr Jansen saw it too. He hung his head. You're right, of course. I know it. It's just... I've never seen anything like this device of Terry's. I just wanted to see whether we could make it work. 
and I promised to help Freckles here. I know she's a bit of a ratbag, but hey, I scowled at them both. Mr J snorted. Oh, come on, you know you are. He turned to Mr B. Sure she's a bit spiky. That tongue of hers could cut through diamonds, but who wouldn't be, losing a father the way she has? If Betty was in the same position, I'd like to think there'd be someone willing to help her out. I guess I didn't really focus that much about what would happen if other people knew what the machine could do. Mr J, eyes moist, stretched out his big expressive hands and appealed to Mr B. The latter sighed. All right, I understand, he said. I can comprehend why you are doing this. But at the end of the day, we are not talking about a youth science fair project. This is a dangerous machine. It has already cost one person his life, destroyed a family, and has the potential to destroy hundreds of thousands of lives if somebody ever decided to develop it as a weapon, which, to be frank, is almost inevitable. I am terribly sorry. But I know Terry wouldn't want this. I cannot let you take it to the science fair tomorrow. No, I said, biting back the searing taste of bile in my throat. It's not fair. We've been working for months on this, and who says you get to decide what we do with it? You can bang on as much as you like about what Terry wants, but what about what I want? Don't I deserve to meet my own father after all these years? If we give him the plans, what happens? He disappears down his spy hole. If we release the machine to the public, then he'll be free. Surely you would want that too. Isn't that what you would want, Dad? To finally be free? I think about Kat and me, how we're always driving forward, but never getting anywhere. We pack so much into our lives. Yoga, surfing, mahjong. But scratch underneath our skin, and you're always with us. We carry you everywhere. How can you stand it? Mr J laid a hand on my shoulder. His touch was surprisingly light. He's right, Freckles. I've been too caught up with the glamour of this machine and what it can do. We've all been so caught up with the idea of giving Terry his freedom, we lost sight of the big picture. Belle's right. The world isn't ready for something like this. My chest swelled, building to unleash a storm of dissent. But before I could say a word, Sean piped up. I don't get it, he said, casting an uneasy eye above his head and taking in the expanse of metal tubing and string upon string of iridescent cables. What are you all talking about? At the sound of his voice, my bluster blew out. With all the wrangling over your machine, I'd forgotten he was there. Now I turned to examine him, his features strained with the effort of trying to decode our conversation. An awkward silence fell across the lab. Mr J flashed a broad smile and closed his hands with a loud clap. Well, I think it's time somebody took you home to your parents. They must be wondering where you are. Sean's eyes narrowed. You're trying to get rid of me, he said, widening his stance as though that would make him harder to budge. Not at all, Mr J said, taking a step closer. Sean shifted uncomfortably, but held firm. 
Mr. J continued, didn't you say you had planned to go to Ginger's house? We're quite a bit further out than that, I'm afraid. So we'd better hop to it if we want to get you back in time for tea. Sean's eyes focused on the ceiling as he considered his options. I pictured the inside of his brain, all the little wheels turning as he tried to calculate how long it would take to get home. I saw the exact moment in Sean's eyes, when he worked out what time he would get home, when he realised resistance was futile. Mr J smiled, gave a dismissive shrug. Just trying to do the responsible thing, that's all. Don't worry, he said with a winning smile. I'll get Bruce to drive you home. You folks will be none the wiser. Before Sean could argue, Mr J paged the garage. Moments later, the lab door buzzer rang. There we are, said Mr J. My security guard Dave will escort you to the garage. Safe trip home. Danny bit his lip, clearly wrestling between the guilt of seeing Sean off and the excitement of putting together the final pieces of your machine. With a shake of his head, Sean took a couple of steps toward the exit, then he stopped and pivoted to face us. I don't know anything about this machine you've all been talking about, he said, addressing Mr B. But you should give us humans more credit. Look at the internet. Sure, there are always bad guys, but look at how it's brought people together. It's given a voice to people. People who were previously invisible or ignored. People like me. And that's important. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes, for sure. But if we're not challenged, how are we going to grow? Then he turned and disappeared through the lab door. We all stared, open-mouthed. Sean's words of conviction rang in my head. He hadn't once got tongue-tied. Nice one, Sean, I murmured. I curved an eyebrow at Mr B. Well, he makes a good point. His youthful optimism is to be admired, Mr B agreed, but the answer is still no. You don't know the kind of people we're dealing with, the things they would do if they got their hands on this machine. I appealed to Mr J. We're so close. Don't tell me you're backing out now. When Mr J met my eyes, his own were tight and pinched, glimmering on the cusp of tears. I'm so sorry, Freckles. To Mr B, he said, there must be some compromise. Mr Bell considered for a moment. If we tested it here in the lab, just once, I can't see the harm. Ginger, I know it's not what you had planned, but at least you get to see your father's genius at work. Maybe it would go some way in helping you see why he's made the choices he has. I pressed my lips together, unmoved. And then what? I would have to deliver the device to Terry and leave the decision of its disposal to him. At the prospect of seeing the machine in action, Mr J brightened. What you say, Freckles? It's something at least. <laughs> yeah, least is the word, I said, my internal combustion rising. You guys just take care of your own agendas, why don't you? And leave the hard stuff to me. Come on, Freckles, don't be like that. We've been doing this for Terry. We should respect his wishes. Mr J stretched out his palms. How about we focus on getting the machine up and running for now? And discuss the rest in the morning. You and Betty can take the first shift in the lab after supper. Then Danny and I will take the graveyard shift. 
perform any last-minute tweaks. Belle, you can stay too if you don't have other obligations. We've got plenty of room. I fixed Mr J with a sharp eye. It's not like I've got much of a choice. You better not get overexcited and test it without me. I wouldn't dare, Mr J said, mouth twitching. Mr B pulled a set of car keys from his pocket and jangled them. I appreciate the invitation to stay, he said, but I need to pick up Cap from the airport later this evening. My shoulders twitched at the mention of Cap, and he added, Don't worry, I won't say a word. He nodded toward Mr J. I'll be back first thing in the morning to collect the machine. Once Mr Bell left, we headed to the dumbwaiter to collect our dinner. I was thinking furiously. You okay? Danny asked, watching me carefully, his food tray leaning on a precarious angle. I brushed a stray tear from my cheek, then reached over to steady his tray. Yeah, you know, I said. He gave me a pressed lip smile. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad you decided to stay, Betty said, retrieving her plate and coming to join us. We can stay up all night and chat. I rubbed my tightly set jaw. Yes, we can. We've got lots to talk about before tomorrow. Danny shot me a look under raised eyebrows, one that said, he knew as well as I did, that our late night chats wouldn't be about the usual stuff. No way was Mr B going to derail us at this late stage of the game. (laughs) 